Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop, Episode 5. I am Hakeem. Jacob. And today we are going to be reviewing For Your Eyes Only by J. Cole. You're way too excited about that. Dude, I'm very excited about this album. More excited than Twitter, apparently. All right. Before we jump right into it, we're going to do the news. Um, Where should we start? We'll talk about Kanye. Just got out. Well, not just got out. I got it like a week and a half ago, but nobody had seen him up until a couple days ago. Right. And if you look at the pictures, his hair's blonde now, and he looks like he's lost a good amount of weight. Yeah. Doesn't look healthy. Not a fan of the blonde hair. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Um, Looks like... Do they have hairstylists uh, in the hospital he was at? Like, when did he have time to dye his hair? He just found some, like, peroxide that the lady (laughs) had, like, in their little cart, and he just... Rub that shit on. Looks like Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> um, that's that's a good transition. Not the I mean, Odell line, but I'm a huge Kanye West fan, and I are. I don't know how to defend that. No, he's and he's a diehard Kanye fan. Like, I mean, he's always been individualistic, so I'll just overlook it. I think it just speaks more to his mental health more yeah. than anything. I don't think this was supposed to be explained. I think, um, he, listen. Kanye and the whole Kardashian clan, um, they've been known to to play up their personas, I guess. Yeah. They're they're spectacles. Yeah. Kanye's a spectacle. Like whether his breakdowns or what he's saying is real or not. Um All right, this Rick Ross. Is... <laughs> oh yeah, what continue. Ross, what we'll get into that. We'll okay, into yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's definitely grabbed everyone's attention. Like if he did just came out it would have been like Kanye West is out, but yeah. with the blonde hair, it points. It automatically makes you think, oh, Which, something's really not right with it. I'm not trying to discredit that, but it's not like he came out and like had a pic with uh, Cam on Instagram with his mm-hmm. blonde hair. He was out for several days before he was spotted and a picture was taken of him. Yeah, he was at an art exhibit actually when was they he? saw him. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so my Rick Ross comment to Hakeem. Yeah. Rick Ross came out at a show. Which who Mike Dean was in attendance at, and Mike Dean's a big Kanye collaborator. Yeah. Um, Rick Ross came out and says, uh, "I'm gonna talk about Yeezy." This is paraphrasing his quote, um, but he said, uh, "My man, a genius." He played you. Yeah, but basically. he played he played y'all. Yeah, which is pretty harsh comments. It's ins- it's insensitive, and yeah. again, that's everybody's paranoia with Con. Not necessarily Kanye, because Kanye's a very genuine person. Like. He speaks what he feels. I feel yeah. like, as as controversial as it is, but Kim, when she when that robbery happened, everyone's saying, "Oh, they faked it." Yeah, they faked it. It's there's no pity for that family. Like, no, there's and some sometimes it comes off as insensitive. Like Which, that is an insensitive. You can say people can say whatever they want about Kanye West, that he's a dick, several other synonyms, but the man I I believe genuinely loves his family. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter. I'm not plugging him, go follow him, but go look at his tweet. I don't know if he pinned it, but I think it is his most recent. He put it out on Kim's birthday. It's a like collaboration of videos, home videos that her mom and dad had of her growing up, and he kind of put them together, put some music behind it, and it's really cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the song wife. Only One. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, probably the deepest Kanye song we have heard since Hey Mama. Yeah, it's one of my. It's it's. It was a favorite single of mine. It was better than four or five seconds to me for sure. Yeah, definitely. The sound is very similar, but that song 
he is being as honest as I think we've ever heard Kanye be mm-hmm. honest. He's talking about his mother and his daughter. Yeah. Um, talking about the time they missed with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, they don't get any sympathy. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's deserved, again, whether or not they're faking it. Yeah. Kanye didn't look healthy in those photos. He no. looks like he's dropped a lot of weight. No. So, for Rick Ross to say that, I think... I mean, especially with how well Kid Cudi was received. Like, a lot of his fans, people that weren't his fans, mental health is something that's not very talked about. No. And when Kid Cudi came out, a lot of people were very respective of that. And, I mean... Drake kind of wasn't, but we won't talk about that. Um, but when he dissed him on Two Birds, One Stone, he got a lot of flack for yeah. it. People were calling him like a dick for yeah. doing that. I mean, if Rick Ross needs anything else to be criticized about him, it's this. Yeah. Um, you ain't even know that. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So, speaking of Mike Dean, actually, um, Mike Dean is working with Travis Scott, apparently, for some new music. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, He's working on his next album. Yeah, uh, I can't wait. Which for that. we we heard Quavo come out and say he was kind of teasing a uh, Travis Scott album. Somebody asked him on Twitter, "When are we going to get the Quavo album?" And he said, "After you get the Quavo Travis Scott album." So we'll see. Travis is kind of weird about the way he puts music out. So he's, he's a perfectionist, I think. Yeah, like that's when what, what was that days before Birds came out and it was gone in like oh, two hours. I was so shocked. what a shame too. Those are some like if you if you didn't know days before Birds was an unauthorized album that got put out and like, it was all the leaked songs. But it was by Grand Hustle, mm-hmm. so I I think there may be some bad blood between Ti and Travis Scott because somebody at Grand Hustle approved it and put it out. Yeah, the, the problem with Travis Scott's situation is he has a lot of people in his pocket, yeah. which I think was done... A li- he signed a lot of stuff prematurely. Like He just he got huge after Rodeo, and had he stayed independent, I think he would have done just fine. But yeah. you've got so many people in your pocket, so many... Uh, he signed to Good Music for something. He signed to Grand Hustle, and I think there might be a third person. I'm not know. sure. Um, I know that the Good Music collective album that we'll hopefully get in 2017. I'm sure he's on that heavily. He was on Champions. Fantastic song. Um, yeah, that was wild. Chance and, the Rapper came out and said that he would buy a Shia LaBeouf album. Um, I want to say Chance is trolling. I want to say Chance is trolling. People because it was it was a good it was a funny freestyle and I liked some of the stuff Shia LaBeouf was saying but the way he's saying it is not no, but special. imagine if he like took it seriously because he's very smart. Yeah, he's very aware. So imagine if he, I mean, his acting career has kind of uh, declined. Charlotte Buffs? Yeah. Um, he was in Fury recently. Yeah, but I mean, what's the biggest thing he's been in? Fury. That came out this year. Where oh, he's the in Brad the tank. Movie? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't see that. That was a great movie. If you guys, I mean, we did know he like was off the wagon for a while. Nobody saw him. He was looking rough. He put out, Did you see that? He put out like two... They were like art pieces where he's... He, one of them, he's wearing a bag on his head. Um, and it said, I, I'm not famous anymore. And yeah. people could come in the room and do whatever they wanted to him. Yeah. A woman sexually assaulted him. He's, he's just, but he's a very smart and aware guy. So it, maybe yeah. if he took it seriously, it'd be good. I don't know. I don't want to see Shia LaBeouf rap. Maybe that's maybe that's Come my on. issue with it. I don't want to see him rap. Dude, he eviscerated like the biggest hit of the 2000s, <laughs> which is Soldier Boy. 
Tell him. <laughs> Soldier. Oh, speaking of which, Soldier Boy responded to Shia LaBeouf, said he wasn't welcome in any hood in Atlanta. <laughs> and then Shia LaBeouf said, I'll come through and my schedule's flexible. <laughs> That's just funny. Um, I, I think Chance is mostly trolling with that. but uh. So getting into the J. Cole album, we have one more piece of news. Uh, a Hampton Inn in Utah dissed him and said, if if the uh, J. Cole album is putting you to sleep, we have a room for you. And it had a picture of like a Hampton Inn room. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, we'll, get in, we'll get into why I thought it was funny as we get into the album. Uh, so For Your Eyes Only followed up a huge album, which was 2014 Forest Hills Drive. We mentioned it on the last episode when we were talking about reviewing it, mm-hmm. that I felt that he kind of painted himself into a corner with this huge album. Went, I think, two or three times platinum with no features. Mm-hmm. Um, super well received. Um, is going to be an essential hip-hop album. Yeah, um, A lot of people compared J. Cole and Nas and said that that was J. Cole's Illmatic. So he put himself in a very difficult place. That's a huge that like. Think about the the weight that it carries. You call and that's that's his illmatic. Yeah, that's that, insane. He could have had a freaking mental breakdown just with that kind of pressure. Right, and and we didn't hear anything from him for a while aside from the Black Friday collaboration no. with Kendrick, which, which was super cool. Most people that don't know Joe, J Cole well and don't follow his movement would have kind of been shocked by that. Oh, we haven't heard him. But if you watch the HBO special about him, it was a documentary. I think it was six episodes long. The sixth episode was a live concert. Uh-huh. Um, Which he did that with 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Yeah, well. Right. Um, that, that's what I was talking about. He did do a documentary for Four Your Eyes. But he kind of talks about how he likes okay. to stay out of the media. He went, shows like where he used to live and what he does for the community. So I wasn't unnerved by the fact that you hadn't heard anything from him. I know a lot of people were talking about his line on the Jake or on the DJ Khaled album when he talked about retirement. He did and, it on here too. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of like, "Oh no, not Cole, not Cole." But I knew he was gonna come back. Yeah, um, but yeah he he put himself in a difficult spot to overcome. He did, and I think he took some risks on this album. Yeah, because apparently, which I didn't really know because I'm not. I wasn't in tune to the rumor mill behind this album because it's important as somebody who's going to listen to something and review it to not really listen to what everybody's saying and try and just get a genuine feel for the album. I tried to stay as far away as I could on Twitter because it was either going to be hashtag for your eyes only, best album ever, or hashtag for your eyes only, putting me to sleep, or it's trash. And I didn't want that because when I listened to it, I loved it. Well... This is why I thought the line about Hampton Inn was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I was up that night. We recorded a podcast that night. Mm-hmm. You left. I had some dinner. went to bed and watched some TV. And it was like 10 o'clock. And I was tired. So yeah. I set my alarm for 11.59. Which, unknown to me, it came out an hour earlier than I was expecting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I wake up. My alarm goes off. I start listening to it. And I fell asleep. It did not grab me as I would think a J. Cole album would grab me. Um, but the second listen through, obviously, I stayed awake. I hope. Because I, I was driving to work, so I hope I stayed awake. Um, but no, it was it was a really good album. Yeah, and again, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily psyched for this. I was excited as a hip-hop fan, but you, you can ask Jake this. 
Um, I told him, I said, Absol's coming out. I'm listening to that one first. Yeah. And I, I did multiple well, that's times. That's kind of another thing with him. You kind of have like a J. Cole camp and a Kendrick camp. And yeah, they're very similar, but also very different. Yeah, because people were like, and you could see this in YouTube comments, like people were either saying like, don't don't forget about Absol. Yeah. And then on both, like you would say, don't forget about Absol or don't forget about J. Cole. Yeah. Um, but the thing with 2014 Forest Hills Drive, he had been rapping like that a little bit throughout his whole career. I think he just finally hit the chord where his topics were right and the way he was saying it was right. I mean, I know no, he's, J. Cole is not known for his singing. This album will probably change that. Um, but I think the people he's around also influence that because his record, Dreamville, he's obviously signed to Rock Nation with Jay-Z. Uh, but he has a subgroup called it's an Dreamville. Imprint. It's called yeah. yeah, like a label imprint. And they are all rappers, except for when they just signed a female artist. And I cannot remember her name. I will link her in the bottom. It's very TDE-ish. Yeah. If you if you like, because they also they also have uh, female artists on there as well. Yeah. So, I, maybe he had some influence from her, mm-hmm. um, and also being a father and being with. A woman, I mean, my wife does not like hip-hop, so maybe yeah. he tried to move in a different direction to make his album more appealing to her. I think this album, he said this on the last song on For Your Eyes Only, this, like, he, it's like when he dies and when he disappears, he wants his daughter to hear this. And I kind of felt like we were privy to something that maybe wasn't supposed to come out. Um, I, I don't, I'm sure he did this intentionally, yeah. but... I I love this album. I think it's so it's so gentle, and I say gentle meaning that there's there's some I've never the the first song like for whom the bell tolls I got goosebumps immediately. When you say it didn't grab you, I don't really get that. Like I understand maybe sonically it's not the most turned up album and he's not really spitting, but when you hear what he's saying and the message he's trying to portray, he's talking about like how the legal system kind of screws people over like they can't get jobs because of the felonies and the music industry kind of being uh, controlled and monopolized by people pushing like negative views on the hood I this this album gave me such goosebumps and I said I've said this before jazz and hip-hop go together like peanut butter and jelly and chocolate cake and Kool-Aid chocolate cake and Kool-Aid yes common one of the best yes um that's and this album does it so well. Like, well, to defend myself, yeah, I did just wake up. You, did. yeah, it was ele- it was in, eleven o'clock. Let's look at this. Okay, he puts out uh, false prophets and everybody dies. Mm-hmm. So when I turned that on at eleven fifty nine and waited for the album to come out, mm-hmm. I was expecting to hear something Fire Squad, false prophets, everybody dies esque. So when I heard that, I was like, all right, this is different. <laughs> And, I don't know, it just didn't... What was the other single that came out besides False Prophet? What was the other one called? Uh, Everybody Dies. If you put on if you put on False Prophets, you could throw this that in the album. Yeah. Like, I, I remember, for me, I was playing this while I was at work. And um, I would have False Prophets starting it. And then it would go into For Whom the Bell Tolls. And the instrumentals are similar enough to where it could have been easily put on the album... Yeah. I didn't feel that way with the other song. Though. Well, the this is the kind of thing I mentioned before we started. You yeah. asked why I didn't like it as much as I like the other. Right. The 
the flow and delivery was not as complex as 2014 Forest Hills Drive. And when he came out with Everybody Dies, we talked about how I didn't like the kind of staccato flow where he kind of mixes up his flow. Yeah. And then I it really grew on me. I was like, this is going to be cool. I hope he yeah. continues this. And it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which that kind of adds to my theory of he kind of did what Kendrick did with Control. He put something out that really just grabbed everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. And then he put something out that was atypical of what he had done in the past. Yeah. Um, you think this was atypical of what he's done in the past? As far as the sound, yes. Um, I knew he was going to have live instruments, which I mentioned I thought was awesome. I wish that more artists would do that. Yeah, the violins on the on one of the songs is really stunning. That and the trumpet. What song is that on? Um, if you watch the documentary for this album, um, they this guy that was playing the trumpet was there, and they mm-hmm. did not tell him what to play. Really? They just said, here. He said, just freestyle, play what you want to play, and if we like something out of it, we're going to take it and loop it. And he played for like five minutes, just all this crazy stuff. And there was one riff that they really liked. And they said, hey, go back and play that. He goes, I don't remember what I played. He said, I was just playing. So yeah. they recorded this five-minute section of him playing. And then they just took what they wanted from it, which mm-hmm. was really cool. I, I've i mentioned before um, about how important I think live instruments are. Yeah. Um, music classes in schools aren't as prevalent as when we were in school. Right. Remember, in elementary school, every year we had music class. Yeah, I think um, I think for me the biggest one was, and it's pretty simple. We used to play recorder. Yes, and that was in that was in as early as kindergarten. And yeah. I remember like while it, I never became a professional recorder player, I <laughs> felt like it was something that was nice and it really enhanced my my education. Yeah, um, so I did like it that way. And when I listened to it at first, uh, Jalen who helped us with the. Um, Hamilton mixtape is a huge J. Cole fan. He couldn't be here tonight for this. But he said he was disappointed at first. And then as I've talked to him, we both work together, so I see him just about every day. Every day I've seen him, he's liked it more and more. And I've gotten to like it more and more the more I listen to it. Um, That's what I was going to say. I think this... I I wouldn't call this album atypical of his sound because right away when you hear 2014 Forest Hill Drive, he's... He's definitely more spitterific on that one. Like he's flexing his writing muscle, and he does that on False Prophets um, a lot. I I really like False Prophets. That's one of my favorite singles that's come out this year. And I'm not a huge J Cole fan. Like you said, I think you told me this before the review started. Um, this album might appeal more to newer J Cole fans yeah. because his sound stayed so similar throughout the warm up, the come up, Born Center, uh, Sideline Story, and then. 2014, which is 2014, and also it changed every time, and he got more intellectual as he got older. Yeah, but the you think it was just more subtle changes. Yeah, it was more subtle. The you could tell he was intellectual, um, but he kind of sold out, like I've mentioned before, with Born Center and Workout. Uh, um, he grew as a writer, but even early on, you could tell he had a good flow and delivery, um, which he leaned more towards singing on this album. Yeah. Um, the one thing I mentioned to Jalen on the song Neighbors, I would have rather heard a feature in the part where he said, my, my neighbors think I'm selling dope. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I mean, the, the the filter and the masking of his voice is cool. Yeah. But it's not a Travis Scott album. I don't know. I would have just rather heard a, a feature. Oh, um, like you mean it's not really melodic? Yeah, I like think it would have been cooler. Like, imagine like a DMX or a Ja Rule kind of sound. 
I don't want to hear Ja Rule on anything. I don't ever want to hear Ja Rule. But I'm talking about, like, just a... I don't know. I, I think he proved what he wanted to prove with 2014 with no features. Yeah. I would have liked to see him collaborate, which it, if he would have done that, then it would have taken away from the introspective, almost a journal of his recent life. And he wanted to... Um, I just kind of noticed just looking at the track listing again. The big thing about 2014 Force Hill Drive that I heard nonstop was... He went platinum with no features. Yep. He went platinum with no features. He There's no features on this one either. Nope. And I think he wanted to do that again. Um, not not saying it, it, mattered, it mattered commercial success, but he didn't want any features again. Right. And I was telling Jake this. On 2014, I hated his singing. I didn't hate it, but... It wasn't good. It it was rapper yeah. singing, like well, where it's tolerable, but it's not really. Me great. and Jalen always had this like running joke, like when you rap as good as J Cole raps and you rap as good as Kanye raps, uh-huh. you can get away with bad singing. Bad singing. Just like how if you have a catchy enough song, like uh, I mentioned Fetty Wap a lot, but like or, kind of like a trap queen where yeah. the singing's not great, but. It sounds okay with auto tune, yeah, I mean, you can even translate that to rap. Panda, yeah, you can't understand a word he's saying. Which he just went four times platinum, which is that's another thing we forget. Yeah, and also Timmy Turner went gold. So shout out to designer. And so, he's got a Grammy nomination. Yeah, I Holy saw. That. So shit. he has a he, go he designer. Has, I don't know. He does not enunciate, but it's so catchy that people like it. He talks in in freaking just a e i o u. But anyway, the the singing is so much better. <laughs> Sound like you're on this. demons, dude. Oh, sorry. The singing is so much better on this album, um, which I think was important because of how much singing he's yeah. doing. Because if I heard 2014 singing on this, oh no, no, I wouldn't um, have liked it. But also, he's he's singing in a softer register where maybe the weakness in his vocals isn't as highlighted yeah. as if he's trying to hit those really high notes. Um, or, and back know, to like, the whole masking and changing his voice. Yeah. Um, it worked on G-O-M-D on 2014 Forest Hills Drive yeah. because the theme of the song he's talking about how people don't sing about love, all these, in which he kind of had a shot at Lil John a little because the hook goes, to the window, to the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's he's rapping, and he's kind of making fun of mainstream music, how it's so repetitive, it doesn't really mean anything. Right. It's kind of degrading towards women in a way, right. but it's accepted. Yeah. Um, and he changed his voice there to sound more like a mainstream rapper, which I thought was cool. And I just didn't see the need for it on this album. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, think, I think what I liked about this album, though, was, I don't know, something really struck a chord with me. Whenever I listen to this... Uh, and it has to do with knowing J. Cole's backstory yeah. a little bit. Um, in regards to, like, Black Lives Matter, he's been at protests. He's mm-hmm. been marching with people. He really, really speaks out against, uh, um, I guess, the music industry in general and the kind of music they're uh, popularizing, especially, mm-hmm. again, on For Whom the Bell Tolls. He talks about how they just kind of continue, like, selling drugs to yeah. the hood and... That's a real issue with hip-hop. Like, while some of the best music, some of the most catchy and melodic music is from artists like Future, like the Migos, like Young Thug, like Travis Scott, the subject matter is really shallow, and it can be to its detriment. Those people aren't doing, like, the Young Thugs and the... I wouldn't even say so much as T.I., 
those people aren't doing their people any favors. Except T.I. That... did that album recently. Um, yeah, but it was kind of radical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Well, but this, like you've, you mentioned this before, I don't want to hear T.I. talk about social yeah, issues yeah, when no, he's talking about killing people and selling drugs. Right, right. But anyway, the people like J. Cole and Kendrick and Chance, they've all inspired people that have dealt with these problems to get out and change from within. Yeah. Whereas futures and the TIs and the young thugs they're kind of glorifying it to be like oh this is a, this is a great way to live living and, in a trap house and the worst thing about it is if it were their actual lifestyles it would be different like for a while it was like like DMX for example DMX talks talks about his struggles in life and it's sincere like the dude is a struggling drug addict yes. and has dealt with it for years and when i hear that I don't want to be like DMX, but I love the mu- the music yeah. that comes out of it. But with um, with someone like Future, who again makes really great melodic music, he talks about being on Zanny's perked up Adderall, like yeah. he's nauseous. But he's said in multiple interviews he doesn't really live that lifestyle, and then it comes off as contrived and just like a money grab for people. Like I understand you're trying to make a vibe, but. It's fake, and some people don't know it's fake, and you've got a generation of dope heads now, which is really sad. And that's why, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jake, but J. Cole's music, even if it doesn't inspire people to go out and become activists or go out and get a clean job and change their ways, there's hope in that music. And that's what I loved about this album, is I felt like there was hope. There was a, a sense that he was trying to make you feel better. Yeah. I, I don't want to plug myself, but I some of the music that I've written, uh, my latest album that's out is called Mainstream, and it kind of mm-hmm. ha- talks about the parallels between like conscious rap music and trap music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a song called Trap vs. Rap, yeah. and it has 2016 in it because that trap is huge right now. Yeah, And I've got a song, one of the lines says, uh, the same people screaming we need Tupac back are the same damn people that are killing rap, Yeah, which is true. They're... They had this whole generation brainwashed. Whereas if some of these people would grab the Common albums, the J. Cole albums, they'd realize that there's a way out of the bad living rather than just kind of laughing it off and living it up like this is how I want to live. Yeah. And this is an album where, yes, it's not the most energetic album. It's, it's, more, it's more dreary. There's a lot more singing in it. But the lyrics are there. Um, I I don't feel like I feel like this was done on purpose. It's he's not feeding the hype with this album. Right. He he built the hype up with false prophets where he thought he was gonna be spitting his ass off. And then he challenges people who, who hype him up, I think. It's like, do you really like J. Cole? Listen to this album and honestly tell me if you're gonna be if you're gonna be playing this as much as you were false prophets prophets or as much as you were uh, Fire Squad or G-O-M-D, or Tale of Two Cities. Which, by the way, I love the, the classic literature references. Yes. Uh, like, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ernest Hemingway, one of my favorite authors. Well, he earned his uh, bachelor's degree from William, William & Mary, I think. He graduated? Yeah. That's well, amazing. If you watch the HBO specials. I have them, um, you, you need to go watch those. I will try to find yeah. a link to all of them. I know they were up for free for a while. They're on YouTube if are. you search for them, I think. Oh. I'll try to find some links to him. He actually graduated, but he had a library card fine on his account and never got his diploma. So in the <laughs> in the HBO documentary, they go 
and he pays off his fine, and it was like this huge deal. Like they made this big <laughs> presentation where they presented him with the uh, with the diploma. That's amazing. Um, he went and played basketball with some of the uh, current basketball teams uh, team players. So yeah, he's a smart guy. He him and Kendrick both are very they're outward and very proud about graduating. That and and I like that too because again it shows sometimes. Like again, these are not traditional career options. Not every most people are not going to be rappers or or athletes or anything like that. But I feel like J Cole makes music for the common man, and I yeah, love he, that. He's not rapping about celebrity. I mean, he did a little in Born Center and a, a little bit on um, Sideline Story. Yeah. But the come up and the warm up, he was talking about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why that's why I said makes him so relatable because when you listen to this, like. The song Folding Clothes. When yeah. I heard it, I didn't think it was that powerful of a song. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it. I was, I was just like, I don't, this is what I don't want to hear out of J. Cole. But then, like, this is something that I would write in my music. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I live in, I mean, it's a nice town. Yeah. But I don't live above my it's means. Modest. It's modest. So that's what this song was. And I was just talking about, I want to fold clothes for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's another thing is it draws similarities to Common where it was a it was a song for women yeah. that was not degrading towards them that I could genuinely hear some women like singing along to. Like the only thing that I didn't like, who the fuck eats raisin bran? <laughs> that shit's gross. Is it not? Tell me that you've eaten some fire Dude. raisin bran all the time. I'm old school. I like I like bran in my cereal. You don't you don't want to hear. I don't cereal. like raisins. Like I could eat some just like bran cereal, like some total. Yeah. But don't put raisins in it. Is that really what's going to turn you off from the album? Is the raisin? Yep. <laughs> Cole don't Cole likes raisins. So. Cole likes raisins. That's disgusting. No, but <laughs> it was a very relatable album. Like yeah, this is not a rapper. Comparison, but Chad Ochocinco, I follow him on Twitter because I thought he was a hilarious football player. Yeah, he tweets every morning, like he every day he tweets like what he's been eating, and I know a lot of celebrities have their own chefs that travel with them and they tweet like all these pictures of their like immaculate food. And he's talking about folding clothes, watching Netflix, and eating breakfast with his wife, Mm -hmm. eating raisin bran. Yeah, yeah, and and it's again sometimes that that level of relatability is not seen. Another person who does this really well. Not to get off from J. Cole, but is is Dram. Dram has even like even like on the songs when he's flexing, it's not crazy. Like I remember um, somebody brought this up on Broccoli. He says that he starts eating bagels with like with like uh, with capers the on, the, on a square plate. Something something as small as that. Like it's just like so, like you're expanding your palate. Yeah. This is not something that's like uncommon to people. You know, you go to a nice restaurant and you're like, "Hey, I've never tried this before." And you can actually do that. And um a song that I really loved uh Jake was both of these was the She's Mine Part 1 and Part yeah. 2. Um I, was he also talking about his daughter in, in his, those He was songs? talking about his daughter in the second one, I believe. Okay, yeah. More and, so than yeah, the first. Right, because he... Yeah, it starts with the head game on, on part one. Yeah, I so. hope he's not talking about his daughter. Yeah, I really hope not. He I don't is from he the is. South. <laughs> Stop. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Fuck, man. You're too... You're just making the sound sounds terrible. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Like, it... There's something there's it's a sweet album. Yeah. And the instrumentals reflect that there's 
there's a beauty to them. And the only song that I think where it was more spitterific and real, like, hip-hop, hip-hop, was on Deja Vu with the... Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Cause you, okay. When I, I made it to that song while I was awake. Okay. And I heard it, I was like, this sounds like Bryson Tiller Exchange. Well, I fell asleep, so I didn't worry about that till the next day. Well, I'm going to work. And I'm listening to it. I said, this is the beat for Exchange. Oh, okay. It's not just a sample. I said, this is the beat. So I do some more research. And come to find out, the two producers that worked on it, I'll put a link to a the article that I read in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And the two producers that worked on this, the one producer took it and gave it to Bryson Tiller. Took it from J. Cole? Well, not from J. Cole, from the other producer. Oh, and... After J. Cole had started recording it. So, oh, the, one, the producer that didn't steal it came out and said, no, Cole really recorded this song before Bryson Exchange. Oh. What, this, I, I wanted to mention this when you were talking about Risky Album at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. That is a huge risk. Because if people don't research that, they're just going to hear that and say, oh, he just bit the Exchange beat. Which... Jalen and I were talking about it. If Cole really cared about that that much, there could probably be legal action against Bryson Tiller. And that song could get removed from iTunes and popular media outlets. I think I think what was smart, what J. Cole did was he used the title of the track, though. Mm-hmm. It's called Deja Vu. Like It's like, hey, what I thought about it was, was a callback to the beat or to the sample. Yeah. And not only... I mean, you could say it was in the Tupac, uh, the Tupac lyrics that he used. Um, but I thought about it like as soon as that sample came on, I was like, "What? What the fuck? I've heard this before. I've heard this before." So that's what I thought when he named it Deja Vu. Yeah. But I mean, that shows how I guess how big of a man Cole is. Yeah. By not. Because see, when I heard it at first, when I realized it was exchange before I did my research, I was thinking. It's not a like I would not picture J Cole riding around listening to Exchange. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not a Bryson Tiller fan. I know I I respect that he popular. He has good sound. Yeah. I just am not a huge fan, and I just I didn't picture Cole being a fan. Then when I did some research, it made more sense. It made more sense. Yeah. Um. I I I didn't know that. That's really good to know. Um. I I don't know. Did you did you feel any sort of callback to maybe older artists? Previous '90s hip hop, maybe that this. Album I mean, you mentioned the Tupac reference. Yeah, but um, more that I think about, it, it's kind of a shallow uh, connection. Yeah, I can't think of any. No, I, I mean, I, what other rapper kind of has a sing song album where he also raps? I can't. Aubrey Graham, Drizzy Drake has a sing songy rap album. Okay, this this is Jalen's quote here. He said that if Drake would have put this album out, it, the freaking world would have ended. And it's kind of true. When he first heard it, he was kind of bitter. Like in a bad way? Like it would have just been like a shit album? No, or like people would have loved it? Oh, people okay. would have loved it, okay. I think. Um, but it would have been insincere because Drake talks about all these women problems he has. And yeah. he obviously doesn't live what Cole was saying. But anyway, he... Jalen said that he felt that J. Cole was trying to cop some Drake fans, which are secondhand Taylor Swift fans. Don't laugh. You know that's the truth. I'm a diehard Drake fan. I would not call myself a Taylor I Swift I listened fan. to Drake before Taylor Swift, but you know Hotline <laughs> Bling copped off some Taylor Swift off fans. Yeah, but that's, that's because Drake's sound is mainstream. He can't help that the music he makes anyway. can touch everybody. 
You said classic hip hop. Hey, he's not classic. No, no, okay. You said yeah, pre. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. Pre, I can see that. Okay, okay. You said pre nineties. Okay, yeah, yeah. Who else raps like that? Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's in the raps. I think it's in the samples he's or the sound he's going for. It the the jazz jazz hop hasn't really been a huge thing since. I mean, Tribe Called Quest used it a little, but they used more drum and beat like boom. Yeah, boom. Like they did. Yeah. Um, New York production. The Mad Villainy album had some jazz on it. That was two yeah. thousands though. Yeah, that was yeah, but but MF Doom has been around yeah for a long time. I I I really enjoyed this album. What was the most powerful song you think? Um, probably the last track for your eyes only, and another one I would put up there would be, um, I think Immortal was the one. I think Change I think was the most powerful song. In my opinion, yeah, a lot of people were were really curious what I was feeling about this album, and everyone was saying the two big ones were were change, and um, probably deja vu. Yeah. Those were the two like big tracks that people actually. Like, I think change because it's talking about him growing as a man and how change comes from within. He's mm. not letting these outside forces change what him. he's about. I mean, he talks about living in an area that is riddled with drugs. Mm-hmm. And he's on this song. He's talking about how you change has to come from within. Yeah, that these outward forces, while they do have a hand in your life, they shouldn't make who you are. Yeah, um, I like the. Uh, he talks about God a little bit in this one. I've been about dying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the line. I think um, another song that I really like uh, was Ville Mentality, and that's that's one that you could. You could say it was just kind of catchy. Yeah. More so than anything. But did you find the line? No, I'm still looking. It's where he's talking about how people are terrified to die and mm-hmm. that they don't. Okay, he says, um, most N-words don't believe in God, so they're terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either that or they fear and they be going to hell. Yeah. Um, which I think is, in, in areas like that, you have to take every day and act like it's your last. Was it also on that track where he talks about how uh, people in the hood have their faces upside down so much that they believe that they're hard? Like, he kind of talks about how people in those situations have to be aggressive in order to survive in their environments. That, And he's showing that that's not supposed to be normal. But when you hear a lot of rap, again, it normalizes this idea of, if you look at me wrong, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. You know? And he's explaining that those people have to live almost backwards. Like, their their faces are upside down. And, like, when you think about it, you know, like, a smile is normal. That's what he's implying. And then it's like you're turning your face upside down. Which, again, J. Cole has this ability to normalize people to to bring you... To, to see what it's like to wear the shoe on the other foot. Whereas whenever I hear... Uh, most most uh, trap rappers, I I love the music, but I don't ever want to be in. They glorify the situation that they're talking about. There's nothing glorifying about J. Yeah, Cole I mean he said he has a line here. He says, "When I was a senior, I was balling on my classmates." Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about how people put three bullets in his car and one hit the gas tank. No, I got an ang- or he said, "No, I got an angel because I'm supposed to have a halo." So he's talking about. How he should have died from that mm-hmm. situation, right? And he's not glorifying it. He's saying, like, look, you need to make changes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's something in psychology called uh, internal locus of control. And that's somebody who believes that they're able to change their situations. And that they are in control of everything in their life. And I think what you can take from J. Cole is his emphasis on that ability to control whatever situation you're in. To grow from it. To come out and have a normal life. And to find stability. It seems like he's found stability in the woman that he's he's dating right. or married to right now and as well as his daughter and I love that I think I I haven't even heard any rapper talk about that except like you could say Kanye did that yeah and Chance did it with um what song is it he's talking about his daughter Nas did he, it too yeah how he could how song. his daughter couldn't have a better mother oh uh, okay um there's another one uh I should know this. It, it's been done, but I guess it hasn't been done in like a whole album. No. And it, and it's not as hard. Imagine if Kanye West, which now it would, everybody always oh, biting Cole's style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine, that would be really different because he would have some of these topics, but he would also have to talk about dealing with celebrity. And it would, and I think Kanye could talk about it on a whole different level than J. Cole could. Yeah. Because J. Cole's not a spectacle. J. Cole now, he'll probably just disappear again yeah. like we won't hear hear from him for a while and in that documentary he has this notebook full of his lines and I would like to think he has a lot of stuff written definitely and I think he is just such a perfectionist about his sound um, people that watched the Eyes documentary and the HBO series when he finishes an album he gets on a bicycle because when they master music they master it for arenas they master it for cars and they try to find the even balance where it sounds better in all areas. Go ahead. So his last step in the mastering process, he puts it on his phone. He said that he puts in just regular headphones. He said the ones that came with his iPhone. And he rides his bike around uh, New York City. And listening to it as the ambiance of the city is around him to make sure it sounds good. Mm. So I would like to think if he takes that much time in making his music perfect... Um, there were several instances in the Eyes documentary where he said, no, go back, it's not right, it's not right, and he was having the audio engineer move and drag sec- segments of the song around to make it perfect. Mm. I think that translates into the life that he's talking about, yeah. how he wants everything to be well and work out for him and his family yeah. in the future. I I could definitely see that. Um Tell me your... Do you have, like, your favorite tracks? Do you have least favorite tracks? Um, I didn't like the singing on Vill Mentality. Okay. It was catchy, but I don't know. I think that if he could have incorporated... I don't want to say incorporate other features. Like, I, 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 I read an article on Hot New Hip Hop saying mm-hmm. that it'd be cool to have a Kendrick feature or a Beyonce or Solange feature because of his relationship with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. But those people don't know about his daily life. Right. I would have liked to see some features off of his Dreamville label, maybe, because I know that he is tightening it with them. Yeah. Um, and, like, Boz is growing up a little. He was on Braille with Absol. Yeah, he's improving um, a lot. But it would have also taken away from his standard of no features and still put out a relevant album. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think I have a song that I absolutely hated. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Do you have any that you're playing more than others, though? Definitely Change. Uh, that was powerful. I've already mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't really... Like, 
this isn't as high up on my list as 2014. Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to listen to it and it's going to grow on me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so short, it's hard to pick out. Like, you can listen to it quick. Yeah, you can. You yeah, don't it's have to pick 44 out, minutes. You don't, it's not like the Post Malone album or other albums where you have to just pick a few songs because of the length. Right, right. Um, and 2014 Forest Hills Drive was relatively short. Um, we mentioned it before. We are a little, we are kind of wrong. About yeah. It because he does have a 15 minute outro. Right. Um, yeah, thank you for thank you to Jalen for pointing that out. Yeah, we were we, we took a break in the middle and he was like he had that long intro where he's like shouting out NASCAR drivers, <laughs> which was true. Um, so yeah, it's very short. I couldn't pick a song that I didn't really like. I I will say the one that I thought was the best was Change. Okay. Um, for me, I I have I have three that I really liked. Um, Ville Mentality. Um, I I love that song. Um, Deja Vu. And for your eyes only, mainly because I'm um, for your eyes only. I think it's a really good closer, but I agree with what you're saying. It's short enough to where you kind of have to just take it as a whole album. Yeah, like, you can't pick out songs because no. each one is so related to yeah. the next one and the next one and the next one. Right, right. Um, yeah, this is something that you that you should definitely sit with. Don't listen to the hype right now. Um, I think I think this is an album that you have to listen to. I don't want to say alone, but... Well, see, this is going to end up being another classic hip-hop album. And the thing is, with 2014 Forest Hills Drive, I didn't love it when it came out. I listened to it. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly, when I listened to that, I didn't like absolutely yeah, didn't. love it at you first. Um, Yeezus. But as I listened to it, I was more accepting of the sound and really dove into the album as a whole rather than my past expectations. Uh, so I think it's going to grow on a lot of people. Right. Um, like you mentioned that you try to stay away from the reviews and the Most talk at first. Like I, I'd rather listen to an album myself first and mm-hmm. then go and listen to other people's opinions and see how I can make connections. Yeah. Um, I think of the way he went with this sound. Um, everybody's talked about how the Kendrick and J. Cole collaboration would be awesome. Yeah. And they were, go- they were going to do it before Born Center. They both admitted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both kind of underground in their own circles. They were popular, but only popular with their camp. Absol confirmed. Huge. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Absol confirmed it on Breakfast Club that that album does exist. So yes. we'll hear it eventually. So they both blew up kind of around the same time. Mad City came out and was bigger before J. Cole got bigger. J. Cole really had a lot of mainstream success with Born Sinner. Mm-hmm. Even though we had heard him on Workout, I never would have given him a second listen after hearing Workout at the time. No. no. Um, because it was so different than what he was actually about. Um, so I think now with him kind of moving towards this jazz sound, they kind of have a similar sound. Yeah. So some of those old songs may be scratched, and it may be more opportunity for them to work together. Because I, I know when it happened, J. Cole was touring, and Kendrick was touring, and it's just hard to make music when you're that good of friends. They don't want to email verses back and forth. No. They want to work on it together. Yeah, some, some of the best uh, albums are done that way. Like... You could tell on What a Time to Be Alive that that was just kind of phoned in, emailed back and forth. And uh, I think, who was it? Um, one, of, one of the producers. Uh, oh, my God. He's escaping me. Big Atlanta producer. Not Metro Boomin. Um, oh, my God. He did. He. Ah. I have <laughs> oh no help now. I can't, I can't think of his name. Um, but he said that when you work with Drake, you're not really working with Drake. 
And you can kind of tell that sometimes. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff could easily be phoned in. But you look at a group like Run the Jewels, they're always working together, and they're always, um, they're always in the room together. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think... I think the best albums are done in the same Mentioning space. Mentioning Drake doesn't... When you're working with Drake, you're not working with Drake. Mm. If any of y'all follow DJ Khaled on Snapchat, for other than the obvious hilarity that following <laughs> DJ Khaled on Snapchat oh, brings, um, when he was putting together Major Key, he was all over Snapchat saying, Drake's verse is here for for free. Yeah. And he yeah. Said, we have the Drake verse. We have like the Drake verse. got emailed to him. Yeah. yeah. So it takes away the chemistry like we spoke on before. Yeah. Oh. Um, what would you grade the album? Um, hmm. I, I'd give it a a nine. I was I was gonna say between an eight and eight and a half. Yeah, I was almost gonna say eight and a half, but I played this a lot, and I think it's I'm gonna continue liking it. So I don't wanna risk it by giving it an eight because I I think this could eventually be a ten for me because it's it's really beautiful and it's different. It's different, and again, it's something that you you have to listen to. And he's not feeding the hype by going with the sound. It was risky, and I appreciate the risk, and I appreciate the music. And I wasn't a big J Cole fan, but I'm even more invested now than when I was on 2014 Force yeah. Um Okay, now we're gonna do our hidden hits. Go ahead and go first. Um, I'm gonna go with Elzai. It's E L Z H I. It's called Two Sixteens. It's the biggest song on his uh, album, Lead Poison. And if you like lyrical hip-hop, you're going to really like this guy. Elzai is is very good, and he's very underrated. Um, definitely check out 216s. All right, I actually tweeted mine out um, uh, yeah, oh, last night, two, night two, day, two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really anything new that we haven't heard. It's just a redone version. Oh. It's called Chance the Dropout. It has a lot of Chance the Rapper songs and a lot of Kanye songs mashed up together. And the way they do it is they'll take a Kanye beat and put Chance's vocals in it and vice versa. It's really cool. A lot of songs are done better than others. Um, but the first, really the first three or four tracks are awesome. Um, if you're a fan of both, as I am, you will really enjoy it. Um, I, I don't know. It would. I'd love to hear collaboration with those two. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But they're both busy. As and they do songs be. together. I feel yeah. like there's always going to be a feature on each one of their albums. Kanye has music with everybody. Young Thug yeah. co- confirmed that there's a collaboration. I can't wait for that collaboration. I don't think that'll happen. I hope that the Drake-Kanye one doesn't happen. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, my God. We're going to save that for another episode. Oh. Um, but, yeah, check that out. I will put that in the link. Um, and I may pin that tweet. Yep. Um, but, yes, awesome, awesome project. Yeah, well, we'll have a link to our hidden hits and to our Twitter as well. So thank you guys for listening.